When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody and welcome to our latest Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. We've got uh, myself Dave Prentice joined by Chris Beasley and Gavin Buckland uh, to look back on well <laughs> the non-events that was uh, Swansea at the weekend and maybe to look forward at uh, what we can hope or expect for in uh, the next few games. We won't dwell on the game but um, it wasn't a great deal to enthuse about was the Gav? Uh, no it was um, strangely for me it was one of the most disappointing games of the season. Uh, I don't know whether it was the good weather down there <laughs> around the country that you know thinking of brighter days ahead, but um, the fact that we won on our last start away out and um, I thought Swansea would be no near the bottom, and all things considered, it was a desperately disappointing uh, afternoon. They've got a good home record. Let's play devil's advocate yeah. here. I think you know four of the last five home games they've won and beaten some pretty good sides. You know, on, along that way, including Liverpool. So. Was Sam Allardyce right in saying it was a big battling point, or you know, should we be being a little bit more ambitious than that? Yeah, I think, like Gav said, the disappointment was that they, they got themselves ahead, at, yeah. albeit the scruffiest goal of the yeah, season. The scruffiest <laughs> goal of the season, yeah. to get the opposition to score it, so yeah. it was definitely over the line, but um, um, yeah, against the run of play. So, given that you had that going for, for them, and then to, to see Swansea come back and it was just so uninspiring. I think that that's the that's the disappointment really. I don't, a good a good point. Um, I, ju- I don't think it helps it particularly. So I wouldn't say it was it was that great a point. Yeah, I mean, I know what Sam's <clears> saying, <throat> and I mean, say like Liverpool, the Crystal Palace, the week, no, they won, of but course, they, yeah. they struggled. Yeah. So they, you know, it's an old cliche, but this time of the year, like you know, teams down the bottom, you know, something to fight for can be difficult. Uh, mm. But forgetting about Swansea, I want to talk about us. You know, yeah. that really. The way we just didn't at any point show any sort of urgency whatsoever and a sort of you know inclination to go on and win, win the game, even though we scored just before half time, you expect to come out in the second half and maybe push on. We just appeared to have a mindset of just going through the motions really on the pitch. And um, is that down to the manager or you know, do the players need to take more responsibility? Everybody does take responsibility, and it goes back to this. Disappointment of Allardyce, isn't it? That we've spoken about so much about that. The the nature of it meant that probably this was always going to happen. With there being a short term appointment, with the main aim being to get out of the relegation zone. Yeah. Once that being achieved, a relegation zone we were never in. Then, yeah, but <laughs> relegation dog. We were hovering too closely too for yeah, comfort. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and not playing well, and 
you know, it was always inevitable that if we got ourselves safe near the end of the season, that bearing in mind the players that we got there and what happened for Cumin last year when yeah. the tools were down four or five games to the end of the season, that there's yeah. a possibility that something the same thing would happen. Bear in mind, obviously, there's been, you know, with the, the, the club has had a difficult campaign. So, on that basis, I'd say everybody's responsible and and I just thought in the in the great scheme of things it was a poor performance yeah. um, do you think there's an issue that you know we've spoken many times before about you know short term appointments David Unsworth we think was undermined by the fact that he was a short term appointment to players you know started to go through the motions do you think a similar you know scenarios arise in here where people aren't sure about Allardyce's long term future and so some players maybe aren't you know absolutely at it you know they've switched off a yeah, little bit well, I mean, they're the, beginning to coast the, the problem is don't know what because things about this is, I think if it had been like a a nine month appointment or whatever it would have been to like the end of June or yeah. you know most contracts run to the end of June don't they then I think that maybe what the original attention was, and I think that would have been okay. Everybody would have known where they stood yeah. then. Um, the fact that it's gone to eighteen months because of maybe we didn't get the target we wanted, and maybe we had to speak to Sam again is, and that's caused that's caused the problem because we've got Sam talking about yeah. this quite rightly, which is fully entitled to as a manager. Yeah, under contract, he's quite entitled to talk about summer plans unless he is otherwise, and. I think all that. I know we're going to talk about Tim Cale's comments later, but all that sort of bred a little bit of yeah. confusion. And I think well, that's there is confusion, yeah. and I can I can be absolutely blown away by one statement from Farhad Mashiri. You know, he doesn't speak very often, but yeah. you know, if he was to come out and you know, you know, nail his colours to the Sam Allardyce mask yeah. for want of a better phrase, and uh, say that he has, you know, the manager has his support, all this speculation would stop, and people, you know, unhappily or otherwise. He would have to get on with this. The fact he hasn't done that makes you suspicious and makes you think, well, is something afoot? Are these Paolo Fonseca, you know, quotes, uh, sorry, links yeah. genuine? You know, are they planning long term? And so I can understand, you know, why there's confusion, you know, at all levels, you know, so on the pitch amongst the supporters, you yeah. know, even the management team themselves, you know, so I don't seem 100% certain what's going on. But, but I don't know, be, be interesting to on this, but mm. at the end of the day, players get paid, don't they, to do a job? And, and, and yeah. Quite painfully for me on Saturday, a lot as was reflected in the in, in the marks <laughs> that were given, you know, in the echo. Quite painfully, they didn't yeah. do the job yeah. for me, regardless. Confused. Morgan Schneiderlin accepted. Morgan <laughs> played, yeah. played well yeah. and has yeah. done for the last two games. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. You think, Chris? I mean, yeah. As supporters, you've got to expect a certain level of performance, regardless of what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, there's a very talented bunch of players there. I mean, we we've talked in for a long time about how how strong they are as a squad, but. They're a bunch of players who should be doing well in the top half of the Premier League and the sort of opposition that they're coming up against now in these last few weeks of the season, like Swansea City, they should be doing better than them. They should be outplaying those sort of teams. And and they're not, whether it's how the manager's setting them out or whether it's the players not putting the shift in, but they're not performing to um, their full uh, capabilities. Yeah, because the other thing, sometimes, without being critical of Sam, it doesn't help himself sometimes in his selection and substitutions though they did work well in the derby is people weren't unhappy weren't very happy with when we are playing Swansea Funes Mori coming yeah. on for, for Balassi yeah. the message that gives and even Swansea, though people couldn't get Balassi off the pitch quick enough in the derby <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think the you know, yeah. okay, but, I mean, what did, what did he think of that yeah. as such 
Sam explained it, didn't he, in that um, because they brought um, Tammy Abraham on and yeah. they, they needed an extra sense about. But like you said, Gav, it's just the, the message it sends out, doesn't it? You just sacrifice one of your most creative players, Yannick Bellassi, to bring on a, a third centre half in the shape of Ramuno Funes Mori just after they've equalised. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it doesn't set out a great signal. For Funes Mori, who's the 39th player Everton have used this season, yeah. which is like a staggering number. I know like half a dozen of them were in the Limassol game, yeah. the dead rubber, but it's still underlying what a horribly fractious you know divided mm-hmm. season it's been you know that many players playing you know yeah. so matches is quite ridiculous my, my, sorry my, my take on it well we made cynical take on it with the set that you saw him as you said you said you said uh, I think Funes Mori would, prevent, would uh, present more of an attacking threat than Balassi anyway oh, you know? dear, oh, dear. but I think yeah. I didn't have a problem with that substitution um, as such as long as he he took one of the, the midfield players off at the yeah. same time. So say you're taking if he brought Funes Mori on and then taking Wayne off and brought Flassage on, so you would have still you could have kept like three centre halves, uh, four in the middle, Baines and Coleman the sort of wing backs, and then still kept you three three off fronts. You know, I think that yeah. would may have switched things around a bit and, and maybe still gave yeah. us an attacking threat. It was the fact that I haven't brought him on, we ended up with like five at the back. Yeah. Three, three in midfield, which two are like older midfielders, and like Walcott and Tosin sort yeah. of like she warned into the middle, and the shape of the team went went yeah. down. And um, it would have worked better if he'd have taken Rooney off at the same time and brought Flassage on. It's a smack to me very much of you know a mentality he's shown a lot this season. You know he was happy with the point. Yeah. You know, certainly wanted to reinforce it and see it through. And unfortunately, people you know have made their minds up very very quickly. That you know he's a cautious coach. He's a negative coach, and uh, you know we're quite happy to you know kick up a fuss you know yeah. as soon as that happens. Yeah, you know, if, if I can read these quotes out, then this was I mean Tim Cahill, you know much beloved of this parish, uh, was speaking to goals on Sunday on Sky on uh, on Sunday morning, and he was asked to like, analyse the uh, Swansea Everton game. Didn't take much analysis, I have to say, um, <laughs> but he was asked what he's made of the team's campaign, and uh, he said it's confusing. I think they're confused too. I feel we've lost our identity as a club. There's nothing we're stamping and really building around. And then he goes on and finishes. Now it seems like we're just making signings and the chemistry is not there on the pitch. It's just not linking well. Quite strong words, but, you know, difficult to dispute any of them really, isn't it? The club does seem to have lost a bit of identity, doesn't it, over the last uh, six months? Do you think... Do you think when Mishiri came in, it had to lose his identity to a degree? To move on to the next level, well, lose the plucky little Everton, brave yes. little Everton, yeah, and try so and I, be. You know, I, I think it had to do yeah. that, but but that needed to transition yeah. into something else. The problem yeah. is we've lost that. It's not transitioned yeah. into anything else, has it? That, yeah, that's I think what what Tim's no, saying. No, no, I mean, really. I mean, Manchester City had similar issues, obviously not to the same degree. Yeah. You know, when they you know achieved all their riches, if you like, under yeah. you know Sheikh Mansour. And uh, they made a lot of you know marquee signings that didn't really you know sort of hit the mark. Took a couple of years of you know settling down before they finally did you know sort of come good. And I suppose we can expect expect a couple of seasons of turbulence. But it concerns me that you know the the identity on on the pitch seems to have been lost. Yeah. You know the fans are still getting behind the team in massive numbers. I mean they mentioned this weekend about record season ticket sales, and yes on the pitch there just seems to be something missing it's, you know, it's not the Everton that you know, we're used to Thierry Henry who was on with Tim Cahill said that you know, whenever he ran up there with Arsenal he says you know, we always knew we were going to have to fight and scrap and you know, fight for everything it wouldn't be the highest quality football but we knew we wouldn't get anything given to us on a place 
that seems to have gone this season. That you know that mentality is it's, yeah. it's flat. How do we discover that identity? You know, how how can you recapture that again? Yeah, I think the problem is there's been so much of a turnaround, isn't it? You mentioned that there's similarities to Manchester City Day, but obviously they had an input of cash there, but they didn't go backwards, didn't they? Everton have gone backwards this year. Yeah. Okay, they had a couple of years of transition and a, a gradual building. They had to start off. For want of a better word, bringing in mercenary players who were there for the money, and then would yeah. bring in the quality players as the success came with that. But to go backwards in the way they have, I mean, there was such a turnover of staff there on the playing side. Cumin uh, virtually had his, his his whole new team by the time he finished, but still couldn't get the best out of them. And now we've got a different manager there at the club with Sam Allardyce and. The, players signed by different managers and some of them have, have failed to deliver under, under several different managers yeah, now. Well, but that's the thing isn't it is, is that the answer several different managers mm. how can you have an identity mm. so I think it's yeah. uh, two years since Martinez went this week isn't it something like that so in that yeah. time we're now on off so we've had Martinez Coombe and Allardyce yeah. Unsworth in the last Two two and a half yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, at a time when we want to kick on and bring new players in. After a period when we had one manager for eleven years. Yeah. And and is that is that the reason? Is is it? Well, can you get an identity when you're swapping and changing players and managers with such yeah. frequency? Yeah. Is that is that the answer? And, and but does it need somebody to be brave then? You know, so a boardroom level and actually, you know, just stick with things a little longer. I mean, we've argued before in these pods that Ronald Koeman, you know, maybe the decision was taken to sack him a little bit too quickly, prematurely. The decision to appoint Sam Allardyce was taken too prematurely, too quickly. Uh, you know, when it was a relegation fight that no one really believed that they were, you know, that close to being involved in. Yeah. I know, you know, some people think differently. Yeah. So does it require maybe Mashiri to come forward and say, look, you know, Sam Allardyce is going to be the manager for the next 12 months, let's see what he can achieve? Mm-hmm. Or is there sufficient groundswell of you know, public opinion against him to preclude that? Well, it's a good question, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, and who does this? There's an interesting dynamic here, isn't it, about like modern football? In that, who actually, in terms of pointing the manager, now who has the biggest say? Yeah. You know, if you see what's happening, sort of like dare I say, in the lower regions of the Premier League, I mean, supporters appear to have like a lot of say, don't they? About with, it happens with, everywhere. You know, I mean, man- Rafa, Rafa Benitez says at Chelsea, yeah. Um, you know, won them a European trophy and yeah. and left like months later because the fans hated him. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so you know, it doesn't matter how good you are, you know, but, if the fans aren't on board. Yeah, in the last couple of years has been instances certainly down the low. You know, um, club well at Southampton last year wasn't yeah. it really. You know, and and Watford have had a, at least a couple where the fans don't like the style of football. Yeah, and like so, you know, get rid of you, mate. So you know fan I mean? power rules. You know, yeah. and, and this is for years ago. What the team said went, didn't it really? Yeah, yeah. And you know, yeah. you'd be time Everton fan where there's been managers there to win and obviously popular, but they just stayed, didn't they? Like, exactly. You know? Yeah. And I think you know Howard would have gone in eighty three, wouldn't he? Yeah. On that basis, <laughs> and. Um, it's, a, it's, you know, and it's in terms of selecting the next ever manager, that has to be a factor, doesn't it? Because that's the way modern football is. But what kind of manager would the fans get behind? You think just you know a, a new face, just somebody from left field that we don't know a great deal about, like Paolo Fonseca, that you know would bring new ideas. I mean, but without. Okay, she, Sam, we're entitled to have this conversation because Sam's only got 12 months on this contract yeah, yeah. anyway, so yeah. I think we, we can hypothetically talk about it anyway, regardless of whether mm. Sam's here or not. But there has to be stability, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, there has to be somebody that, the, 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 that comes in, mm. whether it's this summer or next summer, and stays the course. 
because we just it's an expensive business yeah. isn't it football yeah, where yeah, you're yeah. just swapping and changing manager and players all the time yeah. and I think that's what we've got to do I mean you could argue that Sam could never be a long term appointment anyway he came out of retirement to come to Everton he's by far and away the oldest manager Everton ever had yeah. Koeman was the oldest manager <laughs> yeah, ever yeah, had yeah. and Sam's eight and a half years older than him um, so the fact that he signed an, an 18 month contract he's never, okay you're not going to get a David Moyes again a decade or more in yeah. charge you're not going to get that but you do need that sort of stability and I'm going to speak to a guy who was a an expert on Ukrainian football I did well to track him down and, um, <laughs> he was telling me about Paulo, Paolo Panseca and he said yeah I'm sure he won't be short of offers this summer but okay Everton could tempt him with a, um, a big transfer war chest potentially but is he one of going to take that because it's such a difficult job to go on there's so much major surgery needed yeah. issues like what do you do with Wayne Rooney he might just decide to go for the easy option somewhere else where just a bit of tinkering needed a couple yeah. of new faces and off you go whereas at Everton it's a massive job for somebody whether that's Sam or somebody else Point. And is he going to be successful in the Premier League? Because again, it's a gamble when you're taking a manager who's like not operated. Yeah. You know, those the Mauricio Pochettinos, you know, that don't don't come along very often. No. But, you know, mm. Southampton spotted, and you know, so Spurs managed to take advantage of very very quickly, finding a manager from abroad who you know will have the necessary impact. It is such a weird league, the Premier League. It's so different to other leagues in Europe. Um, you know, even Jurgen Klopp in his first season at Liverpool, you know, found it you know so tricky to come to terms with the intensity of fixtures of certain types of the year. You know, the intensity of the football. Yeah, it's it's a gamble. And you know, is there anybody else around in the Premier League at the moment? You know, the guy in charge of Wolves has been mentioned. You know, he's obviously had you know a year in the Championship, but having just achieved promotion, is he going to want to? Uh, so you know, popularity of sports is the guy in charge of Newcastle's a perfect fit, isn't he? Oh, I've argued that many times, and yeah, yeah. no. But no, but it's an interesting point you say yeah. there, Chris, about Fonseca, about like that, because think of Everton now joining Everton as a club, and they sat and say when Cumin did. Yeah. So when Cumin came in, we had like what eleventh. 11th, 11th, wasn't it? Yeah. Martinez, 4th or 5th, whatever it was. But st- the new money had come in, and they still had like a core of yeah, yeah. decent players. You know, Lukaku was still there, um, Ross was still there, you know, like so. Yeah. The, the core of the team was. And this might be an, an appalling season. We had a, a cup semi finals so, as well. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. A couple of semi finals. Two cup yeah. semi finals, yeah. So, like, that was a big attraction. For the manager, that was a big attraction then, yeah. wasn't it, really? Stable club, good cut good core of players some decent players may be coming through here's a load of money that, that's a big attraction yeah. isn't it being that like now we are an attraction in some respects but it's it's diluted a lot since then because somebody's coming in there's a hell of a lot of stuff to go through as well yeah. as like you know there's probably like a lot of things going to be going off on, on off the pitch on the summit. plus there's the, the, the sort of stadium thing in the background and there so it's a completely different job description yeah. the more Koeman had and I think it's a good point what you say there Chris is that actually, some managers may say well, actually yeah. I want yeah. to keep my reputation I might uh, I might want to move you know if we've got an offer elsewhere I might want to uh, take that yeah. At, at the moment we've not even had any pre-season you know uh, mentioned at all I mean yeah. Liverpool announcing in the next 24 hours you know their tour of America we don't know what Everton are planning to do and it's almost like the manager isn't 100% sure of his own future and therefore he can't even plan you know yeah. to that degree which is damaging, you know. That the whole thing sounds like it's up, all up in the air. Yeah, and, and I don't, I don't clear enough. It could be argued. We talked about this before we came in. The next appointment is so crucial in the history of our club. Mm. Really, if you think about the great yeah. changes that will be taking place over the next four or five years, yeah. 
once we're in the game and we're then Everton that actually we have to get that right yeah you know we're probably in a pretty similar position to what Liverpool were when they pointed clock where they were in sort of not saying the last chance saloon, but like so they had go? to get that one right. But but they got uh, an absolute. Yeah. You know, no one was like taken by surprise that yeah. you know he's he's proved to be successful because he's a manager who'd won the Bundesliga. You know, yeah. against the absolute giants there, he'd taken a, an unfashionable team to, or maybe not unfashionable, but you know, a team that wasn't expected to get to yeah. Champions League finals, two Champions League finals yeah, yeah. with a brand of football that was. Not revolutionary, but you know, it was it was pretty new. Yeah. You know, this heavy metal gig and pressing, and yeah. it was great to watch. Is anybody like that around there in Europe no. anymore? Simeone, maybe you know. Is it? But, but then, and but, but I'm saying it's not saying yeah. like we should get a clock, but you know, like Liverpool would have sort of in the last. If they don't get him, who else yeah. did again? Like, yeah. what's going to happen to the club then? And we're sort of getting into that yeah. territory now. Is that yeah. if we don't get this right, what are we going to do? Yeah, I mean the timing, the time of Liverpool. Was excellent. Unlike Everton with Cumin, where it's like things have got so bad under Ronald Cumin, we're going to have to sack Ronald Cumin. But then there's nobody actually out there, yeah. um, as opposed to Klopp. You'd won the highest rated managers in Europe out of work at that time, yeah. so they were very fortunate in that respect. Um, fortunate, so quite canny in the way they did. Yeah, they yeah, they did yeah, yeah, yeah. Would say, like, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like you say, well, it's, where, where do Everton go? From this respect, in that last year was such a big summer, and they did all the business relatively early, and there was that feel-good factor. But when, when the dust settled, it was oh, there's no centre forward, oh, there's no left back. This um, obviously all unravelled very quickly under Ronald Koeman. So having gone backwards this year, like Gav says, it, it really is important now because they, they actually had the potential. They could have finished seventh again this year, but it would have <laughs> been it would have papered over all the cracks because they would have been yeah. so far away from the top six compared to where they were. But that's the thing at the moment, isn't it? Like yeah. it's all very well saying a point at Swansea, but Newcastle are coming up on the rails, and we could end up finishing tenth or eleventh. Yeah, yeah. And a two two and a half million quid a place, losing three places is seven million quid, isn't it? You know. How much yeah. of um, a part in this, you know, down for this slide, does Mrs. Giroud have to play on this? <laughs> the reason I say that, Lukaku was like such a great signing by Roberto Martinez, yeah. such a great centre forward, and he could have been an Everton legend if he'd have stayed like another, you know, three or four years. And, you know, I think you underestimate just how good he was and how consistent he was and, you know, how prolific he was for Everton. Obviously, he wasn't replaced. I mean, Koeman put all his eggs in Olivier Giroud's basket. It didn't work out. And then we see him coming off the bench for Chelsea at the weekend and scoring two absolutely wonderful goals. Um, you know, that, that was the, the biggest problem, really. I think probably quite a few cracks could have been papered over if they'd have got that, you know, centre-forward yeah. in. I mean, Shane Tosin's done OK, you know, and he's, uh, he's looked like, you know, he could be quite a promising <coughs> signing, but he's not in the Romelu Lukaku or Olivier Giroud class, for that matter. Mm. Um, you know, how much of a problem was that? You know, so not yeah. not bringing him in. Or... It's a bit like not getting Dion Dublin in, isn't it? Like oh, stuff gosh. like that. You know, yeah. the... he was at the game last weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. It's like yeah. there's a history of like not getting players at the like certain times. It's had like longer term yeah. effects, and uh, yeah, and well, that goes back to one of the no identity. What Tim was saying, no identity about players is you've spoken all year about the lack of balance in the squad, and that, yeah. that's been there for a few years, um, and I'm sure that failure to get a striker in as, as cost us really it's um, cost Koeman his job I would argue yeah. Yeah. I know it was yeah. a tough run of fixtures at the start of the season but they've got in him an established proven Premier League yeah. centre forward I'm pr- pretty confident Ronald Koeman would still be in the job and all this we're yeah. talking about now behind well, I don't want to look too far ahead but you know so the, the fixtures when they're released in you know, so the end of June are so important because I think we've talk, spoken before 
that set of Premier League fixtures that Everton had, you know, for the opening like month and a half, was officially the hardest any club's ever had. Yeah. You know, and I know you know Mashiri and Allardyce have talked about you know, basically giving up top six you know results. They're bonuses. They're not bonuses. You should be trying to get you know some more than that. Of but start of a season, you know, failure to pick up points and you know many of the hardly any of those games. It was you know so damaging. The Europa League draw. All four teams that you know, or, you know the two that went through, you know, were absolutely to- as their subsequent results showed. Yeah. You know, so absolutely top class teams. It was a real, not exactly group of death stuff, but it was a very very tough draw. The Carabao Cup, you know, so the only gimme Sunderland, and then it's Chelsea away, yeah. and the FA Cup, you know, so Liverpool away. <laughs> You know, everything that could possibly have gone wrong this season yeah. seems to have gone wrong. So we'd use some luck next yeah, season, surely. <laughs> I think if you have a look at our like last fifteen or sixteen years, whenever uh, we've had the chance of winning the another cup competition, we've invariably ended up at Chelsea, haven't we? At some well, stage, apart you know, from the, um, the the one where we got to the final, yeah. which was the toughest drawn in years and years There's and years. Anybody's ever had in the FA Cup? You know, so yeah. Liverpool, Liverpool, United, Liverpool Chelsea away. away. You know, so United. You know, Villa. Villa, yeah. yeah you know. finished sixth, didn't we? Your yeah, Middlesbrough was about the most straightforward, yeah. didn't you? That, that was tough. So, so, so we've been. <laughs> Not great this year, all through bad luck, but I know what you're saying. It's yeah. like the, 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 when you looked at the start, that Europa League and like the run of fixtures, it, yeah. it, it, we actually came to that reasonably well in that we got through to the group stages, we got a point at City. Yeah. We got a, you know, it was it started to go a bit wrong around this after that then a little bit. But it, it's interesting. That's that's away was the one for me that yeah. you know, things really started to think, Hello, what's going on yeah. here? But I do think from what I, going back to Kyle's points, I've not heard any Everton fan since he made them saying that oh, was wrong there. Like, which yeah. is which is rather worrying, isn't it? Really. Um, Do you know? Uh, I mean, it's Radio Merseyside last week did their phone in um, Tuesday before last, I think it was, and they did a spectacularly balanced job, I thought, because they had I think it was Graham Ennis in the studio who was very anti Sam Allardyce. Yeah. And uh, they had a couple of phone uh, callers ringing in who were very against Sam Allardyce. Yeah. But they found a couple that were very supportive. And uh, one, rather bizarrely, claiming that he's an unbeaten England manager. You know, so yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know, someone said, well, hang on, Steve McLaren was there a lot longer. Yeah. You know, he won more matches as England manager. Would you rather have him? Yeah. To which the guy, to be fair, said, no, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they managed to find two Everton supporters <laughs> you know, that were behind Allardyce and were willing to give him more time. Now, did they have to try very, very hard to get them? Or, you know, are Allardyce supporters very much in the minority? He claims it's a social media minority. There's no way of actually, you know, sort of analysing or, you know, gauging that. But, you know, just from people you talk to, you know, do you know any? I mean, I've got to hold my hand up. I don't know any that are no. behind him and say they want him to stay. You know, does anybody no. else? No, and that's not... I think that's born from the fact that actually people just want them to be brought in like yeah. yourself to get us through this season yeah. and then have a rethink for next year with the caveat and I think said at the time well actually if he does really well yeah, then actually another season yeah, yeah. you know another season or whatever beyond that and after those first three or four games in. people were yeah. you know quietly optimistic yeah, yeah. Uh, first ever managers not to yeah. lose his first seven mm. or eight games wasn't he where Sam where it's not happened for Sam is he's done nothing really to, to show unexpected. that he's different, yeah, that yeah. you wouldn't, which is good in the way. That's what we wanted to do in yeah. the first place, Sam. That's good, you know what it says on the tin. But to me, he's he probably deep down probably maybe thinks that he's not done anything to yeah. to show he's didn't know didn't know Sam could do that. Yeah, didn't didn't know Sam was like that. Oh, seeing the way we're playing, didn't that's not not Sam like. And I think well, actually we may have a chance here, and that's been the you know going back to the start of the conversation there about Swansea. 
you know that that's the disappointing element of it. I think this was <clears throat> a massive opportunity for Sam Allardyce. This could be the crowning glory of his career, coming late in his career, getting the biggest club he'd gone to. I mean, I was never a Sam H- hater. I, I thought he was very unfortunate when he had the other big job of his career at Newcastle. Yeah. Um, it was disappointing for him what had happened at West Ham. It seemed a bit unfortunate the way he was treated there. So, but this is a huge opportunity for him to say, okay, the old Sam Aladici had got yeah. the top jobs. If I'd have been a foreign coach, Everton's sort of the tier below that. Um, you know, make a real good fist of it. But he, he said to me first time I went down to Finch Farm, he said the length of my contract will not determine how long I stay at Everton. How long I stay at Everton will be based on two things: results and style of play, entertaining the fans. Yeah. And how has he delivered on those respects? I think the results haven't been great. Okay, he's, he's he's kept them away from trouble, but the results haven't been spectacular. And they've not beaten anybody from the elite division. They've, I think Leicester City is the best team yeah. they've beaten. And as for style of play, it's I don't think it's been very inspiring, has it? No, we've, the, the, there's always one fixture every season that you know is always a standout performance from Everton. You know, at Goodison Park, you know, where they you know, take the top six yeah. to task. I mean, last season it was Manchester City, you know, mm-hmm. so and a couple of youngsters scoring, it was great to see. We haven't had that this season, have we? And I think everyone thought that maybe the Derby match could be it against a week in Liverpool, and it didn't, you know, span out, did it? Is Sam Allardyce at 63 a little bit, you know, too set in his ways to produce that unexpected, you know, is he a, a percentages manager that will just, you know, sort of try and pick up the results that he thinks you can pick up. Everything that he said, to be fair to him, indicates that, doesn't it? When it's talking yeah. about top six as a bonus, you know, it's the results against everybody else. I mean, I think his record against, to be fair, is the record against the teams outside the top six is quite decent. I think yeah. in the Premier League, he's won seven and lost three. So, yeah. I mean, he's, I think he's got 24 points from 13 games against the the teams outside the top six which is two points a game which is which is okay yeah. but it's the style of play isn't it Chris and that, that mm. Chris was alluding to we, we've not really mm. ironically probably the Womp game we played well with West Ham and it was on it's when I saw something this morning on it on a social media um, talking about you know the baying mob mentality and I think you know social media you hear an awful lot of you know sort of shouting and abuse and stuff but I think Everton fans generally you know the vast majority I think are fairly decent you know fair-minded people that don't like to see people hounded and uh, you know things have got to go pretty badly before they start turning on your you know intensely Peter Johnson you know being the the real case in point you know recent managers you know I always think of like when Bill Kenwright was under a lot of pressure and uh, that image flashed up on the big screen in the ground and you know some fans applauded it because they just didn't like to see you know essentially a decent man getting you know sort of unfair flack and you know the same could be said with Allardyce. He's said himself he's not had, you know, he heard any booing at home matches. Yeah. There's been a couple of sporadic ones at the end of games which we've lost because you'd expect that. I don't think he will because I think you know the, the large proportion of Everton is a decent people, but that doesn't mean that they're not happy. You know, same with what they're saying. Well, there's, 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 there's a few people said there's a lot of apathy around. Yeah, yeah that's worse, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Mm. Some respects was worse, but understandable. Uh, I just don't think Sam's done enough, has he, to to. to to engender that good relationship with, with the crowd um, and I think um, that's what he needed to do and that that could be damaging to him in the, in the, in the longer term I think or shorter term even yeah very much so Dare I mention uh, Liverpool in a, in a Royal Blue podcast as well? Because I think it no. is... In, it's in, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, what do you want to say? It's, no, it's the time you come it's on this pod, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's important because, like you've seen up in um, 
Newcastle and Sunderland, they haven't won anything for years because they don't spare each other on. There's nothing more of an inspiration to do well than having your su- uh, neighbour's success ram down your throat, and that's what's happening at the moment with Everton. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything's going great for them. They've got an attacking, exciting team who everyone loves to watch. The toast of Europe could be number six coming up. But um, <laughs> last time, when they won number five, Everton finished above them that season. Yeah. They finished fourth. They, they were over the 38-game Premier League season. They were a better team than European champions, yeah. Liverpool. So that was a big thing for Ev- Everton as, as as awful as it was for many Evertonians to take when Liverpool won that, they were on the up and um, the Blues were happy and were looking forward to what at the time was hopefully an, a Champions League campaign yeah. of themselves. That's not going to be happening this year. A long yeah. way off that. Nah, no, Howard. Howard used to always yeah. say that. Howard Kendall. You know, he felt that you know strong. You know, Liverpool drove a strong Everton on. In fact, yeah. Peter Moore said the same thing to the chief executive about the other stadiums. Yeah. He's got no problems whatsoever with uh, Everton building a new stadium. Because yeah. I forget the actual metaphor he used. It was quite a but convoluted. But John Moore's, yeah. John Moore's had shares in both clubs, yeah. didn't he? And the, yeah. the reason for that, he knew yeah. he knew the importance of like that. Two clubs in the same city doing yeah. well, they were good for each other. Because yeah. he learned that in business. Because Littlewood started as pools and then when Vernon started and Zessers, that made Littlewood try even yeah. harder, you know. So we knew that that was the important thing of it. And, and I do think it's right. And you know, um, you see in Manchester, don't you? Yeah, but I just you know, feel that that and, has, yeah. has not helped with, with Everton with everything going wrong at Everton. Just Fair looking point. across the park and seeing how everything's going yeah. right there, and yeah, it's it's sort of. Made it even more depressing for many blues. I, 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 I had that possible. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I had that for decades of that in the nineteen seventies <laughs> growing up. Yeah. So we, we we won't go back down yeah. that road again. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Okay. We've, we've tried. To, we, we, we've <laughs> tried. No, no. We, we we've tried to uh, you know sort of put as balanced um, a view a view across as we can do. Uh, we'll be with you. Obviously, no game this weekend. It's Monday night. Uh, you know, so the game against mm. Newcastle now. Uh, but we'll be with you before the weekend to preview that match. Uh, So come back and join us. (laughs) Cheerio.